Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we drink beer and we fornicate. Because those are the two most fun things to do in cold weather. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 179th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight we continue our look at flops, starring egregiously handsome leads with the 1999 pond hockey classic, Mystery Alaska. I am the Thunderous Wizard, and along with me tonight, for another tale of underdog inspiration, are the man looking for a good rub and tug, Chumpzilla. I have a toy pony. He takes big shits. <laughs> there the is actually zero chance Jumpzilla is not the skank of this pod. Yeah, you are skank, Martin, 110%. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, we've got the man who taught Charlie Danner to skate, Captain Cash. Jumpzilla, women generally don't like to be referred to as fat mammals. Uh, hey, now. <clears throat> Duly noted. Swap, swap, swap. <laughs> And one of our favorite recurring guests, and a premature ejaculator, Blink Blake. Thunderous Wizard, I'm sorry, I, I didn't even get the condom on. It was because of your sister's breasts. They're perky. Yeah. Also, most likely to sleep with one of our sisters is Jumpzilla on the pod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just, yeah. That level of disrespect. <laughs> yeah. You're not Ouch. the Stevie Weeks, though. Ouch. Stevie oh. Weeks is uh, up every morning skating the river, and you're just... Uh, making your own personal chocolate river in your toilet bowl from all the Taco Bell you've eaten. I mean, uh, the uh, diet of champions, what can I say? High life in Taco Bell. If it hasn't True, killed yeah. you now, it probably won't. Mm-hmm. No, it'll only make you stronger, for sure. Uh, so, points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. And you can find BAM Entertainment, who we're brought to you by, at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram. Mystery Alaska is available to stream via one of my screen passes, or I might be on Disney Plus in some territories, but not here because Disney America is a bunch of fascists. And that's why you need NordVPN. That's right, NordVPN. Pay us money, please. (laughs) Brought to you by Tubi and NordVPN. I bought whenever it on you don't sale. Want, whenever you don't want someone to see what you've been streaming on Tubi, NordVPN. <laughs> Chumzilla? <laughs> hey, man, I plead the fifth. But if you Fair can't uh, get one of my screen passes because Chumzilla wasted them all, uh, you can rent this for $3.99 across platform. Now let's talk beer. Tonight we are drinking Alaskan Brewing Co.'s Amber Alt Style Ale. Uh, it's made from glacier-fed water and featuring a generous blend of the finest quality European and Pacific Northwest hop varieties and premium two-row pale and specialty malts. This is an amber ale, as I said, that carries a Captain Cash non-approved 5.3 ABV. Yeah. And if you are a fan of reds, it is delicious. I'd give it three bad movies. 
Yeah, T-Dubs, I could not get this beer tonight, so I'm in Michigan drinking Bell's Two-Hearted, which is Captain Cash approved, I believe, at 7%. There it is. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm getting into it. But I used to drink Alaskan Amber a lot when I lived in Pacific Northwest, and it is a fantastic beer. I agree with you completely. Uh, that is three movies all day long. Great beer. Yeah, and obviously the choice is pretty obvious because this movie is Mystery Alaska, Mystery being the town, there's a comma in there before Alaska. Uh, that is what this movie is about, which we will get to. But the movie was directed by Jay Roach, who's probably best known for directing the three Austin Powers movies. Uh, but he's had a prolific career. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what Austin Powers one came out in 98. So, I mean, he didn't like back to back crush it, but. You know, Austin Powers was really popular. Well, he also did the first Meet the Parents movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So honestly, Mystery Alaska is like the movie that Austin Powers and Meet the Parents or Austin Powers built. Like, oh, you did that? That made a lot of money. You can do whatever you want. Okay, let me make this niche hockey movie. (laughs) Pond hockey movie. Yeah, I'm. I listen. You're the guy who directed Austin Powers, so sure. Yeah, why not? Does anybody take anything out of their butt? No. Well, that's a bummer, but we can we can go with it. So, Mystery Alaska stars Russell Zeus Crow as John Beebe. A lot less uh, lecherous here than he is in Thor 4, but, you know, whatever. I a... can't get over how young he looks. Like, yes. this is the same year we as have to remember Gladiator. His big, you know, movie was only like three or really four or five years before this that brought him to America, which is virtuosity. So he was young still, and he was at the peak of his powers, which we'll talk about when this movie flopped really hard. And I'm kind of shocked about that because it is Russell Crowe and he was a movie star. Oh yeah. He's in full heartthrob mode uh, in this movie. Russell Crowe is young and looks fantastic. He's he a handsome ass really man. Good. Yeah, not anymore. Rugged. I mean, well, uh, I listen. He, you know, uh, he has like two dad bods. Double dad bod. This is he's a he's a quadruple threat. Then, yeah, just saying. True. Yeah, he probably has There's a market for it. Twice as many bad jokes too. And he can still definitely kick my ass. So Russell, if you're out there, it's all in good fun, buddy. Uh, yeah. Just you know, I still love you. I think you're fantastic. So you've also got Burt Boogie Nights Reynolds as the old bear, Judge Walter Burns. Hank Brockmeyer Azaria as Charles Danner, Mary Private Parts McCormick as Donna Beebe, Colm Star Trek Meany as Mayor Scott Pitcher, Ron Rody Eldard as Skank Martin. Star Trek? He has a name. It's Miles O'Brien and he runs the teleporter. So here's Come the thing. On. I knew you would know his name. That's fair. So I didn't care enough to look it up. Fair enough. You know <laughs> what? I I accept that. Either way, he's Miles O'Brien. He was also on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, and Con Air. Welcome back to the pod. Yeah, true. You've got Scott Critters Grimes as Birdie Burns. Yes, Scott Grimes was the little boy from Critters. Not the shitty one that we did on the pod. I think he's in the first three, isn't he? He was not in the fourth one. First two. First two. First two? Okay. Yeah, because Leo's in the third one. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got That's Kevin right. Primal Durand. Welcome back as Tree Lane. This is his big break, essentially. Uh, and a host of others, including Lolita Davidovich, Maury Chaikin, Michael Narfel de Garfarg McKean, Adam Beach, 
uh, Slipknot himself has, yeah. has just as big of a role in this movie as he does in the Suicide Squad, except he doesn't die here. Just on the inside. Yeah. Just yeah. On the inside. Maybe off screen. Who knows? Yeah. And you've got Mike Myers as sleazy hockey personality, personality Donnie Schulzhofer. Sure. He's the best. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Donnie knows what he's talking about. So this came out in October 99, tanked at the box office, grossed just 8.9 million on a budget of 28. Uh, its reviews were also not very nice, earning a Metacritic of 49 and a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes with 82 reviews. I love this movie. I'm baffled by it. I thought this it's a bankable star. You've got a noted director. It's a decent premise. Like everybody loves sports movies, except for Captain Cash because he's weird. I like this sports movie though. Yeah, and I just love this movie so damn much. But when we get to the questions, we'll discuss why we thought it tanked. For now, let's do our one-sentence descriptions. And we'll start with our guest, Bling Blake, because we know he has a problem holding things back with the premature stuff. So just let us get it off I, Let him go first. I, I, I appreciate first. you. I appreciate you letting me do that. Hey, and by the way, uh, before, I, before I do that, uh, I'm super glad to be back. And I just realized today... Uh, that it was two years ago today, November 30th, 2020, that I first came on Hops and Box Office Flops uh, for Judge Dredd. So happy two-year anniversary to the Bling Machine wow. himself. One of my all-time favorite episodes, Judge Dredd. <laughs> I am. All right. Uh, my one-sentence description. Um, I had to redo this like three times because I just kept turning into a paragraph. So I went with this. A lot happens on the way to an Alaskan small town hockey team led by Russell Crowe playing the New York Rangers. I mean, accurate, concise. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. A lot does happen. Uh, Chumpzilla, what's your one sentence description? Russell Crowe and Hank Azaria star in a hockey movie that combines the worst parts of Slapshot, The Bad News Bears, and Hoosiers. That's I, that, more I don't negative think than I'd like it to be. I don't the think there are parts. any bad parts of any of those movies. Well, except yeah, for, that's... I mean, there are parts of Bad News Bears and, and Slapshot that didn't age particularly well, but yeah. I don't think those are necessarily in here. The abusive drunk coach who's threatening children, definitely not in here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Burt Reynolds' character is oh, not you, all that You can Burt tell that. Uh, Reynolds. Yeah. Judge he he smacked around a children. couple of juveniles in the past. Yes. Judge Judge Bird's uh, idea of a slap shot was the back of his hand. Put it that, put it that way. As kids got red hair, he's got questions. Yeah. All right, uh, Captain Cash. One sentence. It rhymes. It's the Rocky of hockey. Come on. Honest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're like a club. That's fair. You know, club fighter with downer ending. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So I mine. Spoilers for a twenty-year-old movie. Yeah. Mine is the mighty yucks. Now I know I know the Yukon is technically in Canada, but the Yukon River flows into into Alaska, so they're the mighty yucks. It is a stretch, but I will allow it. Yeah, mm. I would have also accepted the mighty drunks. Sure. Which is, I was hoping one of you would just quack for your one sentence. <laughs> quack, 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 quack. Wait, is that this movie? This is, that's not this movie. I mean, they could have conceivably done that in the court scene. Let's be honest. Uh, 
The yeah. actual one sentence description of this movie is the residents of a small town get overexcited when their hockey team gets chosen to host a televised event. Seems like you're underselling it a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think that's completely wrong. If anything, the town is skeptical. No one's really sold on this at all. Well, they don't want to get embarrassed. You know, right. History has two things. It's pride and it's illusions. I suggest mm-hmm. we cling to both. I yes. love that line. 20 years later, I still remember that line. And it is great. Yeah. I think this movie has a lot of good, good shit in it. And we'll get, uh, I'm going to kind of just flow through the plot because it is, it's a sports movie, right? Like underdog team plays professional team and yada, yada, yada. But so if you want to chime in, just signal me. In the sleepy town of Mystery Alaska, hockey is life. And each Saturday, the town gathers to watch the best of their citizens engage in, in a four on four game of pond hockey. But things in mystery are about to change. Charlie Danner, former resident of the town, wrote an article profiling their hockey tradition. The tale was interesting enough that it attracted the attention of the NHL. And now they want the hockey stars of mystery to take on the New York Rangers. As I call them, the rags, because fuck them. And that's the general setup for the film. To get there, though, as Bling Blake said, we have to go through a lot of side plots. There's a whole tangle of them. You've got the team star player getting embroiled with the lobster shooting a rep from Price World. Goddamn bum fuck of a town. Not just any rep from Price World. Michael McKeon showing up, or yeah. McKean, as it, I, probably, I think McKean, uh, showing up and just being a fantastic asshole. Like, he's great. I, you know, I spent a lot of time in, in rural towns in the Northwest and, like, the disdain with which the the folks in the store uh, show this outsider, this, this city boy is fantastic. And his over the topness is worth noting. He's, he turns it all the way up to 11. And then, and then Bailey quoting him later, you know, verbatim at, in at the courtroom, the yeah. which was one of my favorite things of doing as a prosecutor was like reading statements of facts into the court record and being like, yes. And then the client said, you fucking fuck of a butt fuck, this fucking butt fuck town. And you had to say that, like that does happen. That was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> uh, you've got Skank Martin, the uh, team sex addict, uh, who, sleeping with the mayor's wife. Uh, BB, the stalwart of the squad, is on thin ice for a roster spot due to the emergence of young Stevie Weeks. Nice skating uh, the ripper. Yeah, you got the Rangers balking at the prospect of playing a bunch of small towners. Uh, Charlie Danner, who used to date BB's wife in high school and seemingly still loves her, drives drunk on a Zamboni. And Bailey Pruitt, lovable fat Bailey, has a heart attack, arguing in court to force the Rangers to play. And then you know what? They got to win one for the dead Gipper. Because you have to have a dead guy for some reason, right? I Listen, or- in a hot, from what I understand of the couple hockey movies we've watched, the old fat guy has to die to motivate the team. Mm-hmm. Well. Remember in Mighty Ducks 3, because this is our third hockey movie, right? Mighty Ducks 3, Sudden Death, which is less about hockey and more about Van Damme kicking people in the face, but still. And being but an old guy dies in that one too, doesn't he? A lot of people die in Sudden Death, including Mm -hmm. Powers Booth in a helicopter. Fire extinguisher gun thing. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, But yeah, uh, Hans dies in Mighty Ducks 3. You know, and then Charlie's like, "Hey, we gotta, I gotta win now. I gotta quit mm-hmm. being selfish and going to theme parks." But and you gotta have a gratuitous shot of the skate getting sharpened. 
You have to have that. Always, you got to have the sparks. Always. How is he going to know it's a hockey game without that? Come on. Exactly. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. So as the film navigates all these crazy subplots, we finally get to the big game, which is a back and forth affair that ends in heartbreak for mystery. They lose to the Rangers five to four, narrowly missing out on tying the game when Connor Banks, the team's star player, who also is a terrible shot with a gun, but not a hockey stick, rings the game tying wrist shot off the crossbar. Quarter inch the other way, coach. Quarter inch the other way. Yep. And uh, the hockey scenes in this movie are up and down for me because some of them are really bad, but a lot of the the actors in this movie, so the guy who plays Stevie Weeks and even Kevin Durand and uh, the guy who plays Connor Banks, these were all like young Canadian actors who played hockey. So they were competent hockey players. The Ranger players, I guess, the real Ranger players refused to be in the movie, so they just got a bunch of minor leaguers, but those guys could play too. Uh, so there's some really good shit in here. This game is legitimately like, you're kind of hanging on the edge of your seat. And when they lose, it kind of sucks. Canadian actors who play hockey. I feel like Canadians who can play hockey was all, I mean, it's redundant, right? They're Canadian. They yeah. Can just play hockey. So I should, you I not, assume like, that's just like a, they, they learn French and hockey in addition yeah. to standard, you, you know, American you, education. You grow up, you start skating at four, you play. Some guys are better yeah. than others. You know, some guys are the Charlie Danner and, uh, you know, skate like, you know, they got something stuck between their legs and they're just not good. And some guys are competent. But the, like the cast and the crew, they would have their own Sunday game, just like this movie has the Saturday game. So it's like a real bonding experience, I guess. So, so let me ask you this. Uh, the, the game is a back and forth affair. I think it is. A, I think it's a pretty fun, uh, you know, hockey game scene. We get three periods, you get a whole game. But my question is, are the two goals in the first period that the mystery team scores, are those the results of their stick-to-itiveness, their, their prowess, their skating abilities, or is it because Little Richard is the real MVP of this game, singing two slow-ass national anthems to freeze the, the New York Rangers wow. to the bench? He didn't get an I official mean... assist, but he's, he's definitely – that is an assist. Little Richard doing the Canadian national anthem and the and the Nats was like, there's no Canadian teams playing. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, uh, so I let me it. ask this question because this is my first time watching the movie. And uh, when that part came up, I was confused. Did I miss setup for that? Did, was there setup where they were like, we're gonna we're gonna slow things down and well, they worry. can see the Rangers are miserable because it's so frigging cold. Right, right, and that's why they and tell so, the team cameras. Yeah, they set it up that way. But like, did we? No, know, well, yeah. Did the, someone the, tell Little Richard to do that? Was the mayor. That, did, did I miss that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's that scene in Little Richard's trailer. You know, when he comes in and says, oh. "Hey, you know, thanks for being here," and he's like, "I'm cold." <laughs> That's like, all, yeah, and that's what's going to make what I'm about to ask seem monumental. Okay, yeah. gotcha, and that's gotcha. kind of what I like also about how this game really is a hometown game. You've got the, all the the whole crowd with the newspapers. You've got the little Richard thing. Yeah. Uh, you've got Hank Azaria yelling, "Mr. Rooney!" I it's this is a great yeah. sports movie. Just real quick, do they not always play the Canadian national anthem at every hockey game? I just only only if a Canadian team is playing. Really? Yep. Well, that just seems disrespectful. 
It is their. Game. Why would you? Why would you sing the national anthem in Los Angeles between a game? You know, between Los Angeles and Phoenix. Because most of the players are Canadian. Yeah, because most, most players are Swedish hockey, now. Yeah. Most <laughs> players are either European. There's a lot of Canadian players too, but lots of European players. It's it's a pretty international game at this point. Uh, okay. So, anyway, how many beers are required to watch Mystery Alaska? We're gonna do Cap. Uh, we're gonna do Chumpsdale last because he's being an asshole because <laughs> he likes this movie the least. We'll start with you, Captain Cash. I mean. Two, it's not that long a movie. It's fun. I still laughed. I mean, it's been twenty years since I saw this movie, and I mean, like, it's not perfect, but I still had a good time. Two enjoyment beers. Fair. Bling Blake. Yeah. um, See, the only point I'll I'll disagree with you there, uh, Captain Cash, is that I do think this movie is a smidge long. I mean, it's right at two hours, I think. And so for me, it's it's three beers, but. They're not pain. They're all enjoyment. I'm having a good time. Uh, there are a lot of side plots to keep track of. So I think the beer kind of helps you just, you know, be content with the story that's being told. But but yeah, I think for me, it's three beers. It's not You're not crushing them. You're not hurting. But three nice beers, especially Alaskan Ambers. Three beers for me. Uh, all enjoyment beers. Maybe the tiniest bit of pain beer because some of the side plots are a little, a little much. But... I still enjoy them all because I just love all these characters. Like I would like to spend as much time with these characters as possible. I played hockey most of my life. The hockey locker room scenes, it feels like hockey to me. The way they're razzing each other when the goalie sells out Skank Martin because he was getting a getting a beach from his girlfriend. He's like, I wasn't thinking straight. And they're like, well, you <laughs> broke the rules. And they make him do the, the, uh, the naked dive into the snowbank. Like, it feels that looked like worse than all of the hits. That 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 made me squirm. And, and you know, now that you mentioned that scene, T Dubs, I definitely can see where Super Troopers ripped off the jock strap, you know, initiation exercise. Mm. That guy also just screams hockey player to me. Holt. Oh, the, the skull cap, the t- like that, not yeah. just a hockey player, an Alaskan hockey player. Like that guy definitely worked on fishing boats. Um you know, on the Bering Sea, like that yep. is that is an Alaskan waterman. And of course, that's why he's the goalie, right? Like just a yep, good old boy, clearly weird. And that's why he's the you, goalie. Because you play hockey, yeah. Goalies yeah. are always lunatics, man. They're always nutcases. I mean, yeah, they're a lot like Chumsil. They just sit, they sit there for most of the game muttering to themselves. It's very strange, strange people. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, Chumsil, how many beers? Uh, you know, I'm gonna give this four. Mainly because it's two hours long, and that's probably at least 20 minutes longer than it should be. But I'd give it two of those pain beers to kind of get through the first half-ish of the movie. And then it it picks up towards the end, so you can have two beers and enjoy the last hour of the movie. Okay, that's fair. That's better than I thought you'd give it. So we're going to take our first break. We're going to hear from our brothers in beer over at Hop Nation USA. And when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about Mystery Alaska. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. 
Hello and welcome back to the 179th episode of Hops and Box Office Slops, brought to you by Wabam Entertainment. We are talking 1999's Mystery Alaska. So, I've got some lingering questions here. The first being, why, in your opinion, did this flop and what could have saved it? Captain Cash. I feel like it's partly a marketing problem. What is Mystery Alaska? It, it feels like we're doing striking distance all over again, where I don't have a sense of what this is about based solely on the title. Yeah. And I know there were other titles. I don't remember them off the top of my head. Ace off. But they were not, they were not good. So. Yeah. And like, is that real? Just... Yes, it was going to be face off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, you can't do that, obviously. So. No, no, not unless you get. John Travolta or Nick Cage. Gotta, sure, one of them. Gotta let Cage. Travolta wet his beak. And you can't do like, you know, they don't actually have a team name. And the one they give them in the movie is, it's like absurdly kind of uh, off color because they don't know it's anything defensive. about this place. Yeah, it's and they don't care to learn. So it's like, oh, you're the Eskimos. They're like, there's yeah, no, that's not it's not like a term we use. And and, and, and plus, you know, our guys they call themselves Inuits. Yeah, it's yeah, it was not uh, the preferred nomenclature, please. Yeah, yeah. So like you can't use that. They can't be the mighty ducks, for example, right? Yeah, I was I was hoping for marmots. I was thinking like to live and die in Mystery Alaska. I mean, that would Dead Bailey. That's <laughs> Dead Bailey. The Dead Baileys. <laughs> Barry! <laughs> Barry! <laughs> head, head was down. Uh, all, all Tree says the entire time, he's like, Baby! Baby! Head was down. <laughs> Bailey! Bailey! They all I'm a big guy, John. Like, I'm a big guy. <laughs> the reporter, she said, I have one of those uh, expressive faces. By the way, his, uh, his trainer... His uh life his lifelong hockey coach Guy Fontenot. So <laughs> that tracks. Uh, yep. No, that makes sense. Uh, Blink Blake, could it could this movie have been saved? Yes, I, I think it could have been saved. Um, you know why, why did it flop? I, you know I don't know. To, to your point, uh, Thunderous Wizard, like it's a it's a feel good sports movie. It's got a great cast with a superstar leading man. Um, but if I have to give it a reason. I think that the rated R, uh, the, the R rating really hurt it. Like this should have been a family movie. Um, you know, if, if they really, if they kind of tone down what I think we agree are some of those extra side plots that we didn't really need, like, like the, the, the adulterous affair between uh, skank and the mayor's wife, like, you could tone that down a lot, still have Skank be, you know, the, the, the team man whore, uh, the Thunderous Wizard, or I'm right. sorry, the, the Chumjilla of the crew. Hey, but as a joke, make a comic relief, yeah. Well, they don't really show anything either. So, like, a lot of the stuff that you could trim from the movie to make it PG-3, it's, it's a lot like Birds of Prey. Like, people are like, oh, well, it flopped because it was R. And there's, like, six to seven F-words you just don't need in the movie. And if you just yeah. take out the price world guy saying the F word like 16 times, this one scene probably 
PG 13. And I mean, like the worst thing Skank does is, is basically nothing. He says the compass points, like, you know, all this talk of the New York Rangers has got the compass pointing North. And that's like his, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. that's as bad as he gets. Yeah, offers it, to warm the reporter's fingers on a on his Yule log. On the Yule log, yeah. But again, that's all PG thirteen yeah, shenanigans. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but think about it. My like the the comparable thing to me would be like Varsity Blues. Is the difference is the prop which was wildly successful and are right. So and are, is the yes, difference here? We so. can't have it because it's not a bunch of raunchy teens. It can't be a raunchy teen comedy. Well, the big thing, yes, that was huge because let's face it the beak you're in the height of dawson's creek so all the tweens are like we have to see this movie whereas i think i don't know if there was like a little bit of fatigue or if hockey's just not as relevant to the mainstream audiences but to me hockey not being hockey isn't as good as you know sports movies movies for america yeah Yeah. like if, if it tells a good story and it gets you to believe in the team it doesn't really matter what sport it is to me, but yeah, I tend to agree. I, but I think ultimately the fact that they like, they didn't go raunchy comedy with what they were pitching to us or really what they delivered for that matter. Like it's not slap shot, but it's much more miracle than it is slap shot. And it just ends up being somewhere in the middle. And I don't think it's like a true hard R, you know, sports comedy, like major league but it's also not really a family friendly take everybody there, you know, while we're home for Christmas vacation movie. Like it was, it yeah. was too much. My, even today my wife was like, Oh, our kids could watch that. And I was like, our kids cannot watch nah, that. Like, yeah, they nah. can't like, I, no, I love no, the movie yeah. and it's, it's 99% wholesome, honestly, but the 1% that delivers the R like they, they went for it. They wanted that R rating and they definitely got it. And I think that's what hurt them more than anything. Else. You know what I think is a big strike against it. Yes, Russell Crowe, big heartthrob, right? After all, that's the inspiration for the month. But getting uh, the female audience who probably wanted to see Russell Crowe movies invest in a movie where he's just wearing flannel and as much clothing as possible and he's not the gladiator where he's glistening in sweat and being like super manly macho Russell Crowe is not the sell. Yeah, even the locker room scenes, he's... Like he, you know, he like, like, are you going to change into your shoulder pads there, BB? No. Okay. You just leave that, that three undershirts on that you've got, which it's Alaska. You need four shirts all the time. It's fine, but they put baby potatoes in their skates for crying out loud. Yeah. I I think the the thing that you guys mentioned here is a big factor and part of the reason it flopped because, you know, when you get an R-rated movie, you really limit your audience. Uh, and this script really didn't, nothing in this script necessitated an R rating to get it on the screen. You can still do the sexual innuendo, uh, uh, innuendo, excuse me. You can get that in there. You can still do most of the, the jokes and the humor. You can even, you can work around the scene with the with the price mark guy or whatever. Uh, yeah, there's no reason for this movie to be R. There's no nudity. There's no over the top violence. There's just a bunch of language and most of it's throwaway F-bombs. So that hurts. And then, you know, I'll just say this too, in combination to eliminating some of those more extraneous plots, and some of them are dark, like you get into like infidelity and relationship issues. And and I think where that really comes to a head though is in the Russell Crowe storyline. He's kind of bitter, he's kind of gruff. It doesn't have that like sense of rooting for the old guy 
charm where you want to see him succeed so much is like I you know he just kind of he's got like a weird place he's at a weird place in his life right now and it's just the movie just doesn't really get a lot of emotional momentum behind his storyline where you would expect that out of a feel-good sports movie where he is the star he is the name and he doesn't really have that arc like he kind of does at the end but it's like there's so much else going on it's not focused enough on him there's not enough build-up behind him to really make you care by the end of it um like my the movie I would compare this to that does these kind of things better with its star and still has a lot of stuff going on is Bull Durham. You really pull for Crash in that movie. You really get yeah, behind Kevin true. Costner. I never quite got that connection with Russell Crowe's BB in this movie. Well, I love BB, but I I do agree his marriage subplot is like maybe the weakest of the subplots, which is weird. So I'm going to get to that sad. question it's now. Sad. <laughs> because the vibe between Donna and Charlie is really bizarre. And that doesn't feel like there's a lot of resolution at the end no. like where she's like feel oh, good. No. i really want to get on your helicopter is it is what it feels to me <laughs> like uh, kids be damned I, I want to get on charlie's helicopter yeah i want to go to a town with the museum that like, sounds nice what did you take from that captain cash because i i just didn't feel it like it it still felt like i feel like i made i'm stuck yeah there's not like a good answer right and and maybe we're getting at what kind of the problem was because that subplot itself, you're like, am I happy for anyone in this scenario? <laughs> this all seems bad. It, it seems like three wildly unhappy people. Like where she's like, I love our kids and, and mystery's fine, but like, I resent you that I have to stay here because I married you. <laughs> it's kind of like the opposite of all of those rom-coms that I despise. Um, like Sweet Home Alabama is a movie that makes me insane, right? Like Patrick Dempsey, like all he does is like treat this woman like gold. And then she goes home to her ex-husband who was a total deadbeat, but because he makes like lightning sculptures on the beach, suddenly like the Home Depot commercial guy is all fucking interesting again. And it drives me nuts. I hate all those movies. Like they just, they go back and then some schlub that used to be there. But so it's kind of like, it's, it's like reverse of that. But I, I think there's some interesting writing that goes into this because there is that whole, like the, the, the one that got away, the unrequited high school love thing. And that weird dynamic that does actually happen to real people in the real world. You know, people make decisions for all kinds of reasons. Um, she obviously, uh, loves her husband but you know there's always this like what if in the back of her head and that's it's fun to explore but but why do you explore that in a hockey movie like it this yeah. just, it doesn't make any sense like that's a whole movie by itself you know and and i just don't know why it's here you're right the dynamic is weird it's a thing and it's it makes me uncomfortable but like i just don't know why it's here i don't understand that so what you're really saying is you want a version of Sweet Home Alabama, where uh, the female character's dad is not into Civil War, uh, you know, uh, recreations uh, that he's into uh, hockey instead. 
not the reenactments. Well, in, in terms of that movie, maybe don't go back to the guy who thinks the election was stolen. <laughs> maybe stick with the guy who has ambitions. I mean, if I have a choice, I'm going to marry Murphy Brown's son. I know that's yeah. what I would do. And you guys do whatever you want with your lives, but that's yeah. what I'm doing. I mean, I'm d- mm-hmm. definitely marrying Dr. McDreamy. I think the biggest thing for me is the what if thing. You're right. Is there's just too much of it. Like it never comes back to like the fact when he's like, you're smiling a lot lately. And it's just like, well, fuck you for noticing that. <laughs> like, no, yeah, that busted. was super passive aggressive. <laughs> I'm like, is this a marriage story? What, what yeah. movie am I watching again? Yeah. Wait a minute. Dr. McDreamy is Murphy Brown's son. In, in Sweet Home, Sweet Home Alabama. Alabama. Uh, Not Patrick really? yeah. All right. No. <laughs> I, well, I didn't know I haven't seen Sweet Home Alabama. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I thought oh. you were married. Yeah, yeah, do yourself a favor. Go watch that movie and then throw yourself off a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. I hate that movie. I feel like you're not selling me on, on, on watching this movie. It makes me so mad. I can't even listen to a Home Depot commercial without getting pissed off because of that movie. It's really it's bad. uh it's it's a thing. Oh, but the guy from uh, Tremors is in it though, not Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Oh, yeah, Fred Ward plays, plays her dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So more fun question. Favorite scene or moment from this film? We'll start with you, Chumpzilla. I mean, wow. I hate to say it, but again, this movie doesn't have like a lot of like big pops to it. Um, Bite I, your what? tongue, winch. Uh, you know, I did enjoy I did enjoy Russell Crowe's kids swearing. I think anytime those kids did something like that, it was pretty funny. It's some of the better humor in the movie, in my opinion. It's like legitimately funny. And again, I think that got ripped off for Talladega Nights, the foul mouth children. I definitely see where uh, they might have. Was it Adam McKay? Whoever did that one? Adam McKay, yes. Yeah, I think he might have swiped that, you know, because there's, there's a lot of funny people in this movie. So I can see there's there might be some cross pollination there. Okay. Uh, Bling Blake. Yeah, for me, I, you know, I, I, I love this movie, but to your point, Chumzilla, like, there aren't a lot of just like banging scenes. Uh, there's a lot of like small little bits that I, that I really like. So the one that I think made me happiest was, was Michael McKean just losing his mind in the grocery store um, after Connor shoots him in the foot. Uh, dropping the F-bombs, being just being the total like city slicker in the in the rural uh, town. I, I love that. I think it's a funny dynamic. Um, the the disdain with which, like I said uh, earlier, the disdain with which the, the townsfolk treat him like, you know, at that moment, Connor Banks ain't going down for this shit. Yeah. And well, I appreciate that. Like, so so that, I think that was my, my favorite. It was pretty funny. Yeah, well, well, what's really great about that scene, scene Bling, is too, before he even gets to the tirade with all the F-bombs, I like it when he's just like berating the EMT worker. I was like, what are, what are you doing? Did you, did you stick your finger in there? Like, like all the weird stuff he says to the EMT is it, pretty funny. Yeah, he kind of deserved to get shot in the foot. Uh, it's a tiny flesh wound. He's yeah. fine. Captain Cash. Now, yeah, ricocheted. It's a big deal. I just want clarity. Are we saying like funniest, enjoyable thing or best thing? Oh, you could certainly just choose the game against the rags. Because I got to tell you, uh, I mean, now that I know how it ends much, you know, uh, the, the punch is gone. But I remember when I watched this the first time in like 1990, when I worked at a blockbuster video and rented this and the puck bounces off the the goal 
And I just, I was not prepared for the downer ending at all. And I really think the downer ending is what takes this from, you know, just fine sports movie over into legitimately good movie. Teams don't lose enough in sports movies because honestly, that makes you like the team that much more. There would be no Rocky too if he didn't lose in Rocky. What would be the point? True. Right? So yeah. for me, my favorite scene is they're at Bailey Pruitt's grave, he and, and the judge. And he says, you're in this now, old bear. He's like, you sent him, didn't you? Like, basically, he knew he'd sent him down to New York to fight to get the game. And Bailey had died. And you could see the guilt is, like, wearing on the judge. He's like, you're in this now, old bear. And he said, I'll coach. But I'm going to need a captain. And then BB's back. And then you get right into the montage. And he's like, if we're going to win this game, like, we're we're playing real hockey now. Like, and he's teaching them how to fight in the trenches. And, like, when the puck goes into the snowbank, you turn it over to the other team. When the puck goes into the boards, you got to fight for it. And then they're, uh, man, I get, I get psyched up thinking about it. It's a good up. training montage. You yeah, have to have a good training montage. Thinking about doing wind sprints out on the ice. I could, I could go right now. I love it. You, you say that, and all I see is my vomit on the ice again. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll just say, head was down. <laughs> head was down, John. I don't know why I made him Russian there for some yeah. reason. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> he could have been a decent Drago, let's be honest. I, I love Kevin Durand. He's a great heavy and a hell of a nice guy because I watched an interview with, with all these guys from the 2021 Lake Tahoe outdoor games. They did like a little reunion, which is uh, back nice. to our, our first question. Like this movie now I think is actually quite beloved. Um, so there is like a there is a fan base for this that that wasn't there when it was in theaters, obviously, but uh, enough for it that they did this little reunion and they had uh, Connor Banks and Stevie Weeks and and uh, the backup goalie uh, deputy, the deputy um, Jay Roach, the writer of the film, and Kevin Durand, and they just remembered the whole experience really fondly, which I thought was super cool. Uh, which brings us to. Member of the team you'd most like to have a beer with, Captain Cash. Definitely not Skank. Um, and Russell Crowe would be depressing, and he's probably divorced now, so not him. Just drowning in beer. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah. You know, I saved that motherfucker when he was driving drunk on a Zamboni, and I stole my wife. <laughs> Wait, is this a prequel to Stranger Things? Is Russell Crowe just Hopper? Oh, yeah, it could be. I mean, he relocates to Indiana. I don't see why not. Uh, but if I got to pick one, I mean, tree, right? I feel like tree. Okay, yeah, tree. That's, that's, tree lane. that's a pretty solid answer. That guy he's, can drink some Labatt, no doubt. Oh, my God. He's probably putting down 24 Labats in a sitting. Easy. Uh, bling, bling. Uh, you know, this is probably a dark horse candidate for this one. Uh, it's funny because I didn't even, when I saw this question, I didn't even think about uh, BB being an option for some reason. Um, I told you Russell Crowe in a heartbeat. John BB, maybe not. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Crowe, yes. John BB just weeping tears over the ripped out Dear Abby article with all the highlights. <laughs> like, I gave this to her. 
That's his big. That's his big romantic gesture. Is scratching shit out. Good job, buddy. Uh, at the table, no, for, grunting. <laughs> I'm romantic. Um, sorry, no. My 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 beer is gonna be. Uh, this is like a two for one, honestly, because I think these guys come as a pair, and that's uh, Galen and Ben Winneka, who were played by Adam Beach, who I absolutely love. He's a fantastic Native American actor. T Dubs, I know you're doing Native American Heritage Month. That's awesome so uh you know anything with adam beach in it is definitely worth watching uh snakes and sparklers in particular very true oh yeah um, you said Joe and, um, buddy yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh and leroy peltier is plays his brother who only has like uh two other imdb credits um but uh th- neither one of them says much in the movie but they kind of have a lot of like funny looks to each other in the locker room and then they they obviously play well together on the ice um, so I don't know much about those two gentlemen, but I'm a hundred percent positive. They are fun to drink with. So, uh, so I, I would pick the, the brothers. True story. Uh, Adam beach said, uh, he walked into a room They, you know, they, they'd begun shooting the film and he was alone. And Russell Crowe said, where's your twin brother? He said, well, he's not really my twin brother. And he goes, well, he is now like we're a family on like here, like we got to get to know each other. I said, I don't want to see you without your twin brother. So the rest of the movie hung out with his twin brother. I love it. Yeah. All right, uh, Chumzilla or Skank. Do you want to hang? Do you want to have a mirror match? <laughs> Just swap stories. Uh, with the Alaskan no. version of yourself. <laughs> but in the spirit of that comparison, I guess I would go with Bertie Burns because I heard his sister's got some sweet tits. Perky. Oh God. Perky. Oh, Birdie Bird. They're perky. Also, she's underage. <laughs> yeah. Not yes. Anymore. Yeah. yeah, but she's down to get down in a snowplow or yeah. plowed in a plow, if you will. She can't let and I go. appreciate that about her. Can't let him yeah. get too popular yeah. without having sex with him. Uh, again, just really weird angle in a feel-good sports movie. Like, okay. Yeah. Open I, question I, about the feel-good. It's fair. Yeah, uh, but but still, like that was just an unnecessarily weird scene. It's like, hey, what if um, American Pie was dry and uh, slightly transactional? Like, wow, this is. I don't like any of this. Okay, uh, I'm just telling you, I drink with the goalie Holt. I think he'd be a hell of a good time. Now, I wouldn't tell him anything that you know would be at risk of getting me in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, don't, cannot keep a secret. Yeah, don't cannot. make the mistake I did. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. But I want him to just, I want to drink with him long enough where he gets cross-eyed and weird like most goalies and I have to save him from like a bar fight. <laughs> <laughs> is that like okay. the, so, wait, so are goalies, you know, like the rugby equivalent of like hookers or the hockey equivalent of hookers? I'd say every hooker I've ever yeah. played with has been weird. Hookers are weird, like, but goalies are More like a scrum weird. half, I think. Yeah. Mm. A little bit of, a little bit of, you know, fire in their in their urine like they're always fired up about some shit then they're not going to do anything about it so you got to go do something about it mm. next thing you know they're slashing some guy with their giant stick and then the whole shit breaks loose it's like god damn it dude but for my money there's nothing better than a goalie fight and in a hockey game oh yeah i love it when they skate out to center ice and just square off like that okay, was the, doing it i think that was the only thing this movie was missing was was a was you know bb does stick the rangers a goon knocks him over the wall the guy that knocks weeks over the wall but i would have preferred 
tree to drop the mitts with him and just crank him. Just start laying. There should have been a Donnie. There yeah. should have been a good old fashioned Donnie out there. And I think it would have been fantastic. We didn't get enough Donnie's. We didn't get enough wheel snipe Snellies. Uh, you know, there was some stuff that that was missing from this from a hockey standpoint that that it really would have benefited from. But yeah, you know, yeah. And last question: weirder Mike Myers appearance, this or that crappy Queen movie? Go ahead and start us off, Jim. So I haven't seen the Queen movie, so I can't really comment. But correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't uh, Mike Myers trying to kind of spoof on a real Canadian? hockey commentator in this performance i don't know who he'd be spoofing on maybe don uh, cherry but i believe it's don cherry yeah i think but he's really saw. not at all like don cherry so yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was a good joke or not so i i feel like his weird line about the rub and tug and just kind of being it, it just like a nonsensical almost appearance you know being a flip-flopper oh these guys suck oh these guys are good well so do, that's, do I do I know why sports I, commentator. Does he have any history? Like he kind of nails yeah, it. Yeah, but still, I, I I guess I mean, you know what? If anything, yeah, you know what? Joe Buck. He's hockey's Joe Buck, and I hate Joe Buck. But anyway, all right. Blink, 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 I was, Blink, if, I was gonna be hateful. I'd call him a Collinsworth, but that's just me. oh yeah. No, he sucks. Only too. if he was like, oh oh my god, Jim Fox. I gotta tell you, that that's Stevie Weeks, Jim. How about, how about a little Stevie Weeks coming right down your throat, huh? Oh, did you see what he did, Jim? I I went to Jeff Ruby Steakhouse in Cincinnati a few weeks ago. Shout out to Jeff Ruby Steakhouse. If you guys want a good steak and you're in Cincinnati, definitely get you a Jeff Ruby's. We get more chance getting Jeff Ruby's money than we do Tubi money. So let's, let's plug them, right? But I refused to order their famous steak Collinsworth just on the principle that is named after Chris. Like I love that steak and I love the combination of the sauces, but like I had to have my wife order it and I got the steak burrow. Well, because it nine. probably comes out talking to you about Patrick Mahomes. Joey Burr. <laughs> definitely he he's definitely talking shit about the Bengals. I know that. Yeah. Just quick uh quick point of clarification. That's much better than going to Jack Ruby's steakhouse. You don't want to cross those two up. Don't make that mistake. Yeah. Well, you might Big get difference. shot at Jack Ruby's. Jack yeah, Ruby's Steakhouse, not yeah. a fun experience. Yeah, you only get one shot at that one. Don't fuck mm, that up. Yeah. Yep. So I'm just gonna tell you. Also, th- isn't the weirdest one that one World War II movie? Oh, he's in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that yeah. one because he's serious and it, it creeps me out. Uh it's it's clearly the Queen movie because the spoof is so bad. Also, he's a huge hockey fan, which we'll get to in the quiz. And the Jay Roach connection. So I love that he's Donnie Schultzhopper. Uh, the the uh, Queen um, one is just stupid. It's just, and that movie sucks. Who's he supposed to be in the Queen movie? A record executive that says you could never sell. They they bring in Bohemian Rhapsody. He's like, you could never sell oh, that song. He's like, Mike people want to hear he songs like heavy, that are two minutes. And is then, he heavy makeup for that? Yes, it is crap. Yes? It is utter crap. Okay. I've seen it's that one of those things where, I, like, I'd love to tell you. I don't know if that's just what he looks like now, though. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's him in the Pentaveret, his Netflix show. It's one of his characters. I've heard that's really bad, unfortunately. So I don't think I actually got to answer the question, and and my answer to this particular question is: send the kids out of the room. If you don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net. You don't got dinky do. 
It's true. This is a this is this is by far the the weirder Mike Myers uh, uh, appearance. I like it better, frankly, but it is probably because it's weirder. The one in the Queen movie at least made sense because Mike Myers is solely responsible for the resurgence of Queen in the '90s and their greatest hits album becoming a bestseller again in the nineties, because he famously said that if they didn't let him do Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's world, he wouldn't make the goddamn movie. Um, they want him to do a different song. And he yes, was like, no, it true. has to be Bohemian Rhapsody. It has to be, it has to be, it has I've to be. made my choice. And so, so yeah. at least him being in the queen movie, which I guess on popular opinion, I kind of like, um, I bought it. Don't think I didn't. No, return it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bling, maybe you can answer this for me. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think they wanted, I think they wanted them to use a Guns N' Roses song in. Uh, I think that's World. right. Yeah, I think I you're right. One. I can't remember I which remember one. Which, yeah, but probably yeah. Paradise City or something. But probably I really Paradise don't know the City. answer. That sounds about right. Um, so. But Queen was the Bohemian Rhapsody was obviously the correct choice. It, oh, yeah. it made I mean, Wayne's World, and and it again, like I said, it, it made Queen relevant in a new decade. Without that movie, without yeah. that song, Adam Lambert is not headlining stadium tours with Queen yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay. So I've amended my answer. It's when he did the telethon for the Katrina victims with Kanye West. And Kanye West said George Bush doesn't care about black people, and he had just had to stand there in silence, <laughs> not knowing what to say. <laughs> what do like, you say to that? Yeah, and he's like, I guess you're not wrong. Uh, like, uh, back to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. Said money. Quite a quite a live television moment. All right. Yeah. And then they like cut straight to like exhibit or something. Uh, I don't even remember. I just I remember him like that. looking over like. Oh shit! What do they, I say? They cut to somebody in another studio, and they're and they got the same look on their face, like, "Oh damn!" I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, and now Kanye West is walking off of far right podcast because he's too anti-Semitic. So, and now Kanye West does not care about black people. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're gonna take our second break, and we're gonna hear from our uh, Wobam Entertainment brethren over at the Double Turn Podcast. And when we come back, we've got. The Saturday Game Trivia Challenge. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome back to our Mystery Alaska episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, and we're on to the Saturday Game Trivia Challenge. Gentlemen, we have a standard five-question, multiple-choice format quiz. To chime in, either stick with one of our stalwarts or say, Mother Walrus, God's sakes, or mystery. I will also accept... I was going to go with, I'm a premature ejaculator. You can do that. Which tit cold? <laughs> uh, may I please do, blow it out your ass. Yes. Anything the judge says is acceptable. I'm entitled to know what goes on under my own roof. If you don't leave, I swear to God, I'll tell you. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love that one. That's going to be said to me at some point in my life, unfortunately. Like, I guess Burt Reynolds was an absolute delight to work with too. And they, they all talked about that on the, the little brief reunion. And he's uh, a lovely they, man. Yeah. They wished he could have been around, but mm. all right. So good news. The winner gets the dear as Abby newspaper clipping BB highlighted for his wife, fresh with his tears now that they've gotten divorced, and he is the one driving the Zamboni aimlessly through town. It's autographed, of course. Too, Damn, so that's yeah, nice. can't put a price on that. Or can you? Are we ready? That's about half. About half. Yeah. Wait, is the is the article autographed or is the Zamboni autographed? Maybe both. Can yes. I can I can I trade my newspaper article that I'm going to win? for the chance to drive the Zamboni on the Mystery Alaska ice. Sure. And by the way, they built those that rink and that little lane down from the locker room. They like they built this whole town for this movie, which I think is super cool. I love the entrance from their locker room onto the ice. That's so cool. That's probably one of the coolest parts. Like after yes. Stevie skating the river, which is a cool like uh I don't know, like visual a, representation of both, great, right? Like like this is before you know drone shots are super popular. Obviously, they they did like overhead shots with helicopters and shit. But that visual of him skating the river, that doesn't get you going. That doesn't it's a get beautiful your, intro to the movie. That doesn't get your compass pointing north. I don't know what well. All right, number one, Good old fashioned hockey. Yeah, Jim Fox, uh, who is doing the uh, between periods commentating with Donnie Scholzhofer, is a real life NHL announcer. For which team does he broadcast? Is it A, the Vancouver Canucks? Is it B, the Dallas Stars? Is it C, the Los Angeles Kings? Or is it D, the New Jersey Devils? Blow it out your ass. Bling Blake. I'm going to go straight up uh, Canadian. Let's go with uh, Vancouver Canucks. A. Incorrect. Son of a bitch. Mother Walrus. Uh, Skank Martin. I'm going to go with the, I believe, CLA Kings. It is the Los Angeles Kings. See, I, uh, learned, I learned my lesson from the Mighty Ducks pod. Go with the, the, the guy in Hollywood. The Hollywood yes. connection. And yeah. Yeah. that yeah, guy was his broadcasting partner. The guy from the Mighty Ducks. Um, I forget his name and I feel bad about it, but I grew up yeah. not far from LA and very fond of Jim Fox and his old and his old partner. Number two, Wayne Gretzky, who's referenced as the player of the month during ESPN's segment, retired in 1999, the same year this movie came out. How many points did he finish his career with? Was it A, 894? Was it B, 1572? Was it C, 1963? Or was it D, 2857? Farts and tarts. Cash. 2857. That's correct. Great one. All right. So 894 was his goal total, which Alex Ovechkin is now 101 away from breaking. Uh, oh, 1963 only was his assist total, which is head and shoulders above. Anybody else's total points? Anyone care to take a guess what the next closest total of points is in the NHL? Uh, 1222. No, Sidney Crosby has more than that. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go with like 1483. Up, what do you think, Captain Cash? Ooh. 
More than that. 1484. It's 1921, and that's Yarmir Yager who played well into his 40s. He's actually still doesn't playing he, in the Czech Republic. Yeah, doesn't he own a team in the Czech Republic? Yeah. He's the owner, coach, and captain of the team. Still plays, and he's 50 now. Dude, uh, that guy would spit his own teeth into your face and then beat them further into your face. He is a nightmare. Loved Yager. Loved the mullet. Yeah, sweetheart, awesome. too. I'm really kind of like, it's weird we're doing this podcast today. Cause I'm a, I, as I said, I played hockey. I'm a huge hockey fan, big Penguins fan. And uh, I watched the game last night. Chris Letang wasn't playing, thought he was sick. Turns out he had a stroke, which is his second mm. stroke and uh, just sucks. So if you're listening, Chris, which I know you're not, just send positive vibes to Chris Letang because he has a family and that's more important than hockey. And it's just sad, man. Sucks. He's a great player. That's brutal. So one to one, Bling Blake and or no one to one Chumpzilla and Captain Cash number three, Mike Myers, who appears as goofy analyst Donnie Scholzhofer, is actually a big fan of the NHL. Which I said, what is his favorite team? Is it a the Calgary Flames? I have to say it, you know, as a Canadian would say it. B the Edmonton Oilers, C the Toronto Maple Leafs, or D the Winnipeg Jets. Give me the flames. Wait, uh, farts and tarts. Give me the flames. Incorrect. It is not the Calgary uh, flames. Mother Walrus. All right, Chumzilla. I believe it is the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's a lot of pictures of him wearing Maple Leafs. Yes, shit. that's yeah. what came into my mental Rolodex. Yeah. There, I'm like, I think he I've seen him wearing guy. a. a yeah, you beat you beat me on that one, Chumpy. I, I was yeah. I was ready for Maple Leafs too. He's from Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like I myself, so. he's a long-suffering sports fan because the Maple Leafs are seemingly cursed. They're from the biggest Canadian city, and they haven't won diddly do diddly poo quite some time because <laughs> they don't have a big bag of knuckles in front of the net. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe they've lost four straight game sevens in the first round. Is it four? Oh God! Yeah. Ouch! So, yeah. Bad, bad. So I want to take this opportunity here to tell my favorite Mike Myers story. Um, you know, he was a famous celebrity after his, uh, his string of successful movies and whatnot. And he goes to some big like celebrity. Event. Wait, wait, you're telling me he was famous after he did a lot of. <laughs> yeah. His so, movies. Well, so he after was, he did his movies, that's when he became famous. That's, yeah. that's what did it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Weird part of it. Well, you know, that, and you know, Saturday night live and whatnot, but anyway, so he goes to this big event or whatever. And he bumps into this guy from his high school back in Toronto. And he's like, holy cow, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm Mary Delton John. <laughs> he's like, wow. holy crap. Okay. Like, I went to high school with Elton John's husband. He just says this big like gala event or whatever, red carpet deal. He bumps into some guy from high school. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, oh, I'm Mary Delton John. <laughs> and, uh, we have a pipe at her dune. We have a pipe at her dune. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that's funny. Anyway. Look at his head. Looks like an orange on a toothpick. Heed. Pants. <laughs> Uh, true story. Uh, a guy I played rugby with all four years at OU uh, has a nickname Head, and uh, because he's a giant fucking dome, it looks like an orange top toothpick. Only he had it shaved, and 
mean, uh, that really poor bastard got all, you know, all we did was just shout lines from how I married. So I married an axe murderer at him for <laughs> four years. Hey, poor guy. That's hey, a good we, nickname. It was a good nickname. It was a good rugby nickname. Hey, we played with a guy we called Dome because he had a giant melon. Same idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. True. Yeah. All right. So it's two to one, Chumzilla. We're on to number four, which is. This movie was loosely based on a 1905 series of games between the Dawson City Nuggets, which was a Yukon Territory Canadian team, and the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Ottawa Senators. The Nuggets lost the first game 9-2. to two. What was the score of the second? Was it A, 11-1? to one? Was it B, 15-3? to three? Was it C, 18-2? to two? Or was it D, 23-2? to two? Blow it out your ass. Bling blank. I got nothing to lose here, guys. I'm shooting the moon. Let's go D, 23 to 2. It was 23 to 2. Yeah! Oh, my God. Oh, oh wow. Some guy scored 10 goals in the second. Uh, in one of the 10 periods. goals in the second period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nice. you can actually yeah, Google that's that. A, that uh, that's a goal every two minutes, team. Yeah. That's, this is what would really happen if a... A local team challenged a legitimate team. The New York contest. Rangers. Yeah. Clearly, you haven't seen the seminal sports documentary, The Mighty Ducks. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know that's not true. We have. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, we saw the worst one on the podcast. <laughs> oh no. The one where they regress from playing in the junior, <laughs> you know, the junior what goodwill games Olympics. representing the USA to playing for a random high school. In Minnesota, trying to make varsity. Yeah, (laughs) it was so bad. Although I will say that listening to you guys discuss it made that movie slightly more bearable. So you know, you have got you guys. You just know that you you provide that for us. Um, So thanks, team. Service we are happy to provide. Much appreciated. So it is now one for Bling Blake, two for Chumpzilla, one for Captain Cash. It's our last question, but we do have a bonus. So technically. Could be either a two-way tie or a three-way tie, or somebody's going to get this Zamboni with the vomit on it and BB tears. You're saying the three three ways in play right now? Yeah, three mm-hmm. way. Oh Some yeah, skate Martin boys. style. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so number five, the Ty Domi Darren Langdon fight shown on TV was from a real game. I can post it to the socials if you'd like, and if you love hockey fights, there's nobody better to watch than little Ty Domi. Because he was not the biggest dude, and he was a real son of a bitch. That was one of several fights between the two. Now, how many penalty minutes did Domi, who was a renowned fighter, accrue in his career? Is it A, 3,515? Is it B, 4,015? Is it C, 4,515? Or is it D, 5,015? Blow it out your ass. Bling, bling. <laughs> I'm going with B. Incorrect. It's not 4,015. I'm a people jack leader. All right, Captain Cash. Shooting the moon. Give me D. It is not 5,015. Oh. So, Chumpsilla, well, your remaining answers are 4,515 or 3,515. Uh, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here and say C. It was 3,515, which is A. Nobody got it. So you guys are still alive for the tie because the bonus is how many goals did he score? He had 
3,500 penalty minutes. How many goals did he score in his career? Closest answer gets it. Closest answer. What do we think, Blink Blake? 104. Oh, my God. It's over. He got it. (laughs) That's the exact answer. What? (laughs) That's the answer. I'm... I, I would be mad if I wasn't amazed. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm not even upset. Yeah, so he had 30 times as many penalty minutes. I've seen the statistic before, but I, I couldn't recall the specifics. Yeah. Hmm. So, Ty Domi. Hell yeah. Stick with what you're good at, you know? And his son uh, used to play for the Coyotes and he's bounced around the league since, but yeah. Um, All right. We are on to recommendations. I hope you guys both enjoy the Dear Abby article, which I guess you'll have to cut in half. You can you know, choose which uh, we'll, way, hot dog style or hamburger style. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll, I'll Xerox that. We'll be good. And we'll uh, just... you guys can, you know, share the Zamboni. Somebody gets weekends. Somebody gets weekdays. You know, you figure it out. Yeah. I, I submit like uh, like the way I let like the, the kids drive the truck home uh, in the neighborhood, not like from like Cleveland. You know, you mean you know, they, they sit in my lap, like you know, we just like one of us sits in each other's laps and we steer with each other. That'd be fun, you know. It's oh yeah, team building, yeah. you know, a that's lot. Of, it's all about building, you know, building team and and getting us playing together. You know, that's what. It really yeah, matters. driving together. Actually, Hear me Chimp, out. Chumpzilla could just sit on the side of it, like those assholes in between periods. <laughs> like, and here's you know Joe Schmo sitting on the Zamboni. Oh yeah. Hear me out. Zamboni jousting. I'm here for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nothing like a fresh sheet of ice and some jousting. All right. So let's do recommendations. Uh, we'll start with our guest, Bling Blake. What do you have for recommendations this week? Oh, thank you so much. Um, so I have two today. Um, although I, I, I normally say I'm, I'm giving two because I don't get to come on that much, but this is becoming a regular thing, which makes me really happy. So, uh, but I still have two. So my first one, I think, I think one of you guys has recommended this before, but I can't swear to it. And that is the nice guys, Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, seventies, like detective. It's LA. a great movie. It's so good. Like R- Russell Crowe is no longer heartthrob Russell, but he is still charming AF Russell Crowe. Um, He's, he's actually funny in it. Um, Ryan Gosling is always a treasure. I, I just, I really like the nice guys. It's a lot of fun. Um, so if you like Russell Crowe, uh, if you like Ryan Gosling, which goes without saying everybody likes Ryan Gosling, um, the nice guys is, is a ton yes. of fun. And we Jerry trashed, uh, what do we trash Shane Black on? Oh, predators. Or so the, not predator. bad. The, predator. So bad. the predator. The yeah. predator. And the nice guys is some of his finest work. So it's so good. Uh, I'm sure there's a the Christmas theme in it somewhere. Uh, I'm assuming it takes place in December. You just don't know it because it's California. But um, I yeah. isn't it, it is. Isn't there a New Christmas Year's? tree up? Or is it New Year's? I mean, it's 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 always a yeah. Christmas for Shane Black movies, right? Almost Fair. always, yeah. I mean, pretty much, right? Which, by the way, uh, I know it is. I'm sorry, this is totally tangential, but. Uh, I know it's Christmas movie season and we all agree Die Hard is a fantastic Christmas movie. Um, but I'm going to go out here and tell you something that you guys may not want to hear. And it's that Lethal Weapon is a better Christmas movie than Die Hard. What, what's that? Lethal Weapon 
<laughs> is a better Christmas movie than Die Hard. Listen, I love the opening theme song. The opening theme song to Lethal Weapon is what? Jingle Bell Rock. There is a gunfight amongst Christmas lights. We meet Riggs on a Christmas tree lot. Lethal Weapon is a better Christmas movie than Die Hard. Done. This is, I mean, these are some serious shots fired. Yeah, and we, I love Lethal I, Weapon. We're, we're going to get into this at some point in time, yeah. but but I, I just just I'm saying that, and that's that's out there, and now you know it, and we can have this conversation mm. at a later date. Let me give you my second recommendation, and that is the greatest mo- hockey movie of all time, 1977 Slapshot, starring Paul Newman. It's an absolute classic. Hanson Brothers, Ogie Ogletorp. Um, which, by the way, I had a total Mandela effect on this one. Um, I, I swore to myself up and down that you guys had done a pod on Slapshot. Uh, and I had to like go back and like scroll through and look because I've listened to every episode and I, there is no Slapshot episode. But I swear to God, there was an exchange with you guys doing the whole Ogie Oglethorpe thing. Uh, was it like was it was it recommendations at some point? Did you Probably. recommend it at one point, Tomzilla? Yeah. I think we did. Yeah, there there was a point where it got brought up very early in my tenure on the pod. Well, you um, guys did, the, the and we sports. riffed on it at the end. Yeah, yeah, you guys it's, did the sports thing really early on when you came on. It, uh, it's a great. It is really. Yeah. A gr- it's a great hockey movie because um, I think a lot of hockey players love that movie because it's a decent hockey movie. Yeah. But it's also just a great sports movie and a solid comedy. And Paul Newman's great. Paul Newman's fantastic. Um, I do think it's really funny that uh, one of my guilty pleasures, a movie that's really probably many people don't think is good or watchable or rewatchable, but I love Semi-Pro, the Will Ferrell movie. That is and, a good one. And it is effectively the exact same plot it's as a, Slapshot. It's the same movie, yeah. I mean, it's the same movie. Um, so I, I, I love both of those, uh, by the way. Did you call me a jive turkey? No, 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 no. He just called you a cocksucker. It's not a big deal. That's <laughs> so good. I love it. So uh, yeah, Slapshot. That's my other recommendation. Slapshot, really the originator of our one of our favorite uh, movie plans, which is Goonum. Because that <laughs> is the entire movie. What's your plan, Goonum? Yeah. Goonum. Goonum. Uh, Jumpsilla, recommendations. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with another Tubi gem. Um, it's a documentary entitled Winnebago Man. And uh, it was released in 2009. Didn't you already do Winnebago Man? I don't think so. I talked about doing it. I don't think I did it. I think you did it. Did I? Maybe. I was, I was, I was saving it because I, I, I did something else from one of the... I thought I swapped something else for, uh, else for it at the last minute. Maybe you were just telling me on Fortnite. Okay. I think I was because yeah. I was going to and then I didn't. I did something else that was more related to the movie. But no, seriously, I watched this a couple weeks ago. Um, I had seen the YouTube video. Uh, it was like one of the early viral videos, even before YouTube. It like went around on other weird internet uh, channels and means of acquiring video files. And it's just these outtakes from basically like a, an industrial like sales video, a pitch video on Winnebago's new product line. And the pitch guy just he's just a foul mouthed motherfucker and just loses his shit. He's screaming at the, the crew and the interns and everything. And it's got to be like a funny thing. It's like, Oh, Hey, you guys see this guy lose his shit for like, you know, 10, 15 minutes of outtakes. Well, anyway, nobody really knew what happened to the dude. 
Um, and because he was oftentimes referred to as the angriest man in the world. And sometimes his videos would be titled that. And, you know, again, this was like a, a web 1.0 phenomena for you young kids. This was the early days of the wild, wild west version of the internet. And so this dude does this documentary, tracks him down and finds him. He's living out in the remote cabin somewhere in California. Um, and the documentary is surprisingly interesting. It takes a couple of twists and turns, nothing too crazy, but it's pretty engaging. And the guy's quite the character. Um, you know, uh, what's what's the dude's real name? Uh, Jack Redney is is the guy's name uh, from the Winnebago video. His name is Winnie he seems like a yeah, when he but no, yeah, uh, it's 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 pretty entertaining. Like I said, it's more entertaining and engaging than I expected, and it's definitely worth checking out for free on Tubi. Winnebago man, get that Tubi money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and of course he watched them with his uh, Nord VPN. <laughs> yeah, uh, Captain Cash. I just caught Slumberland. That uh, Netflix. It's a kids movie, but it's actually pretty heavy. Uh, watch it with my kids. Uh, it was pretty good. Oh, is that the Momoa movie? Yeah, it's the Momoa movie. The Momoa movie. The Momoa movie. Momoa movie. The Momoa yeah, movie. He's, he's got the, the big Krampus horns going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about grief and loss and kind of moving beyond it. And it and it deals with, like I said, really heavy themes, especially for what is ostensibly a kid's film. Uh, but a lot of heart. Good movie. It's on Netflix, so you're probably already paying for it just watch it for free true it is the most subscribed to streaming service tiktok uh, i have not the not the fucking app just the tiktok the expression that time's yeah. running out on that i think oh I yeah thought you were yeah. just like promoting the people's yeah app. People's, people's republic, republic of, of yeah uh so i have three recommendations because i i said i would do Native American films or Native or Indigenous people-related films. Uh, and that month is now over. Uh, but by the time this airs, I do have another one, which is called Beans, uh, which chronicles a young girl who's growing up during the 78-day standoff between two Mohawk communities and government forces in Quebec um, as they are trying to build a golf course on some of their land. And they use a lot of real uh, news footage from the period uh, in the 90s. And you kind of see like the absolute just awful racism and disdain that the Quebec people had for these people who were simply just wanting to maintain their rights. Um, and and just her having to grow up fast and, and losing your childhood amidst this like real world um, uh, violence and intensity and uh, it's free on Hulu it's a really good movie uh, check it out and I love how they interwove the new the actual news footage with the movie itself my second recommendation is Tulsa King which was just renewed for season two it's the new Sly Stallone movie where he's a uh, Italian gangster from New York who is forced to relocate to Tulsa Oklahoma it's fantastic I love it Really, it's I good. I, I, it. I keep seeing it, and I, I have not put yeah. it on yet. It's I absolutely love it. And I I read that its premiere had more viewers than the premiere of House of the Dragon, so it's just kicking wow. ass on Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. not, all right. Well, I've got it. I'll definitely go check that out. Yeah. And so, lastly, 
uh, for hockey purposes, this documentary came out in 2021. It's called Hockey Land. And it's sort of the hoop dreams of hockey, where they follow these two small town teams in hockey's fabled American heartland in Minnesota from really from smaller towns. And basically hockey is really is life there. And it's life changing if you're good enough for these kids who there's not much else you can do if you wind up stuck in one of these towns. I really liked it. And the, the storytelling works in such a fantastic way that it it's equal parts heartbreaking and also inspiring and it's real life. And it, it was just really well done. And you can rent that now for $4.99. I'm, I'm glad I did. I, I saw it on Amazon Prime and I'm like, oh, I'd like to watch that. So that's my third recommendation. Uh, remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash can be found at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. Chumpzilla can be found in the mayor's wife's bedroom or at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. Uh, McCheese, who is absent, can be found at HBF McCheese on Twitter. Bling Blake, where can they find you? First of all, I just think it's funny that we said that Chumpzilla can be found in the mayor's wife's bedroom, and then we introduced Mayor McCheese's uh, socials. Oh, but, yeah. yikes. <laughs> did, not, did, did not think about that. Drama on the pod. Yikes. Ayo, that's going to hurt the team morale. <laughs> uh, you can find me at, uh, at Bling Blake on Twitter. Uh, come hang out with me. Let's, let's party. All right. And we'll be- I like to party and have fun. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Wabam Entertainment uh, can be found at wabamentertainment.com or at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter uh, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. Uh, I think we're going to do some like Christmas toy themed movies uh, leading us into what will be season five of the show. I think we'll just do two episodes in December because we still have one more of our heartthrob flops, which is RIPD. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh man, is that a shithole of a movie? <laughs> oh, T Dub, I've to tell you, I started watching the Netflix show with oh, no. oh, the, the sequel with the dude, the one guy. And yeah, he it, he does play the the dude. Uh, oh, is he young uh, Jeff Bridges? Uh, uh, yeah, he's the young like like that which doesn't make, doesn't any, make any sense. sense. He's dead. He was age. dead. He's supposed to he look exactly the sense. same. <laughs> None of it makes sense. Oh. But you don't age when you die. Was after you're dead. He, it was not like if that if that show ends up being bad, it's not because dude's not trying hard. Is all I'm saying. All right. Well, hey, hey, hey quick shout out on that note, Bling. I got to give Captain Cash some credit. I uh, I actually caught uh, the first few episodes of the Dairy Girls. Oh, Dairy Good Girls show. is fantastic! And Love that show. It's it's a little goofy, but it's very funny. Like it's 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 solid TV. Like Sister Michael, it. the nun, is the best part of that show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good stuff. So I got to give you credit there. I, I was a little slow to jump on that train, but I, I've seen some of it now, and that is pretty funny. Enjoy. Okay, so I'll just leave you with this, and Captain Cash already quoted it, but women really do not like to be uh, referred to as fat mammals. So we'll see you next week for Jeff Bridges doing Rooster Cogburn poorly. Foghorn Langhorn? James Hong is back! Yeah. The return of Jim Hong. The return of James.
never would have said that to her face. 